0: They all need to cut, cut the, the crap. crap. Now, here's your host, Jovan Hutton-Pulitzer.
1: Hey there, folks. Jovan Hutton-Pulitzer. Welcome to Cut the Crap. Crap is an acronym. It stands for Culture, Race, in American politics. And I believe when you mix culture, race, and American politics, well, everything seems to go to hell in a handbasket. We all just got done watching what I've dubbed the Speaker Wars. The question is, what did we learn and what did we lose? Let me ask you an honest question, by the way, and answer me in chat. Hey, by the way, folks, will you please share this program. This is a one-finger war. It only takes lifting one finger to share this, to like this, to subscribe this, to get it out there. Because it is our job to fight this fight. That's what we're doing, folks. We're fighting for our lives. And my goal is to make you the smartest patriot in the room. And so the American condition, as well as the human condition is we have to, well, we have to figure out what we learn through all this stuff, right? Because the way humans learn is by getting their butts kicked. Uh, yeah, think about it. Neighborhoods that uh, used to be this bucolic lifestyle have their doors open. Kids playing in the streets when society changed and pedophiles came down the streets or gangbangers came shooting well we locked our houses up we changed everything that's because we learn in a crisis when somebody gets on an airplane with a bomb (laughs) in their underwear or their shoes that just kind of proves to what extent evil will go we modify as a society we change things it's because when times are good Humankind does not learn. That's it. When times are good, we don't learn. That's why history is so important, folks. You can't erase history because it is history that helps you remember when times were bad. So you don't have to repeat it. By the way, shout out to all my listeners on 93.3. Real FM, thank you for tuning in. Think about it hard times. If your parents or grandparents went through the Great Depression, they learned frugality. Right? Uh, How many times have you bought something you really didn't need? Times get a little tough, and then you learn, boy, I'm never going to do that again. Or how far you get into credit card debt, roll it up, and realize you can't pay that thing off? It just keeps on growing. Keeps on growing, you never get out from under it. That is the moral of the story. That is the moral of the story. We only learn when we get our butts handed to us. Therefore, we have to take a look at what just went on with the speaker wars. You saw the wars in the house. Honestly, Honestly, be honest with me. Be honest with yourself. Was this the first time you really paid attention? I mean, truly, truly paid attention. Those of you joining me in chat, I may be a radio program, but you get to watch me do it and look at my face when I do it. I want to know in chat, did you truly for the very first time pay attention? We didn't care before. I certainly didn't care before I told you. I'm part of this apath- apathetic plague. Apathy kicked our butt. We learned in 2020. I treated our ballot like a lottery ticket. Oh, I'll play when it's a billion dollars, when it's worth my time. I did the same thing with my ballot. I equated to only voting for president. I didn't care. I didn't give a rat's hoo hoo about a mayor, city council whatever the case may be, I didn't care. And you know what? In 2020, I, and like many of you, got their butt kicked when you finally woke up and realized, holy crap, I haven't been paying attention. That's apathy. And that's the moral of the story. The question is, truly for us as humans, do we now learn? And from this day on, after watching all this crap, I'm using the speaker war. Do we really now understand a few things that we have to pay attention? I want to know if you understand the most important thing. Do you understand, because I'm seeing unanimously in chat that you guys said you never watched the selection of the Speaker of the House before? Almost unanimously. How did you like watching your employees battle over who gets the most of your money. Did you think about that? How did you like watching the battle, the trading, the backroom dealing and the backstabbing at times of your employees battling over who's going to get the largest share of your dollars? It was, you're right, almost a brawl. I saw late they had to hold somebody back. But I want you to think about that. Because, see, when you realize, it's true, when you realize you are the shareholders, everything in your life changes. Okay, great, America's a corporation. You're the stakeholder. And you are watching the very people you pay to do this for you. You pay these folks to do this for you, to handle this business. And they're only fighting over who gets their pet project done. That's why I want to take a look at this very closely. First, from a historical standpoint, so you understand what you witnessed in history, and then from a very clear-headed standpoint of now do you understand why, and I'm in this category, now do you understand why we have to pay attention to what we used to think was the most boring crap in the world? Well, that stuff that we used to think was the most boring crap in the world is a war unfolding in front of our eyes. And when you realize we're in a war and you realize, well, the leaders of the world war are your uh, employees, then you learn to inspect what you expect really quick. When we come back, we're going to talk about how historic this was. We're talking about the speaker war. What did we learn? What did we lose? Are our eyes finally open? And are you ready to get your head deeply in the game? Hang tight. Be right back.
0: See, I told you learning how to tell the world to cut the crap would make you feel great. There's more to come. Jovan will be right back.
1: You know what, guys? I love you guys. And I I just have to say that all of you are family and friends here, not followers and fans. And it's so nice to be in a place with people that are like-minded and we can discuss this. Brian Sharp on Facebook hit it out of the park when he said, I grew up getting pissed when my favorite shows were interrupted by a president's State of the Union address when it was on every channel. I used to hate that think about that. I was exactly the same way. I'm not interested in this crap. Until President Trump. And then President Trump, it was like, man, is he on? Where is he on? Let's find out where he is. That's the difference when you have a leader a leader, right, comes on. And a leader steps up to make the difference. And that's where we are. And you now have tuned in and turned on your mind to what's going on. And now we know as a nation, we must pay attention to what's going on in our country. There is nothing more important than this. Hell, we don't even have to go watch... Bank robbery movies or spy movies or whatever spy novels we watch it every day in our politics. And it's quite the roller coaster that we've been through. Let's let's look at this from a historic standpoint, shall we? When you look at the House and you look at the fact that the uh, representatives weren't able to elect a speaker on the first ballot. In all of our history, this is the 118th Congress. In all of our history, this has only happened 15 times. Right? Uh, two, failed, two failed votes, right, have come up before. The most drawn-out one was in 1923, uh, or the previous one was in 1923. The most drawn-out one was in 1856. But Kevin McCarthy achieved his goal. It was not the goal of many of you, but achieved his goal on the 15th attempt. In 1855, and ironically ending in 1856, the House required 133 different votes. This one went 15, but it required 133 different votes to name a speaker. It stalled Congress for months. I don't know if that would have been good or bad. I do understand the nation's ready to get down to doing business. And we have to get to doing business. But what we watched is exactly what should be going on. The left-wing media tried to tell you, boy, when your party comes into power and you can't even elect a speaker, you're a horrible party and don't have your crap together. Well, actually, when the mainstream media came out with that stuff and started parroting it, I realized we were on the right track. How about you? How about you? I do admit, I do admit two things. It's nice to have uh, Nasty Nancy gone. I do admit. I also admit I don't understand why President Trump stood with Kevin McCarthy. I don't understand that. Other than it does increase his throwing his you know weight that way does increase President Trump's ability to run. These big votes, you know, four of the 15 fell votes and took place in uh, the time during the Civil War from 1847 through the beginning of the Civil War to the end. Um, And during the Civil War, it only happened one time and then one other time in 1923. Um, In 1920s, the Republican Party had shifted to become the party of, of Calvin Coolidge. The ticket at that time was limited government. Protected protectionism and isolationism meaning shut down this country (laughs) Right and worry about ourselves obviously In the broader sense about that time period it makes sense for the 1920s see there was massive urbanization and technological Innovation and immigration had already changed the country So the country was trying to kind of slow down for a while get a hold of itself It also, at the same time, produced Prohibition. A lot of backlash against black Americans and European immigrants. Okay? Now, what we saw during this time, remember, a few things was going on simultaneously. We're getting incredible Twitter drops and information that our three-letter agencies, well in my mind, were kind of working to throw, overthrow our country. I I don't even know how to put it. When three-letter agencies are basically saying you can't talk about yourself, you can't talk about what's going on, right? Because that's what they said to Trump. You can't even talk about yourself. We're shutting you down. You realize that our country for a very long time has been manipulated. I don't know how it feels to you, but to me... It only confirmed my worst fears. Now, the real question will be, will McCarthy literally follow through with his agreements, his agreements that he's made? We're used to the politicians saying, hey, we'll make it better, and we'll do better next time, and I promise, and I promise, and I promise, and it's junk. Now, Let's talk about some of the things we learned. We really learned in some of your favorite conservatives that they truly are a product of politics. They truly are a product of what goes on politically versus what's real. I think some of you might have booted somebody as a broadcaster on Fox news out because they revealed themselves. I told you, it, uh, Brian Kilmeade calling holdouts, insurrectionists and conspiracy theorists that chapped my butt, but those words were very telling. And that's one of the real gifts we get. See, this chaos has created incredible discernment for every one of us. We're, we know what to look for. And so, folks, when I come back, we're going to get into the details of what was traded. We're talking about the speaker war. What did we learn? What did we lose? Who was really the hero? Was it the holdouts or was it uh, McCarthy as the winner? Folks, share this program. We're going to go kind of uh, line by line and see if we really won, won this or did we
0: really lose it. Hang tight. Be right back. Because politicians are deathly afraid of Jovan, his reach, his fans, and his calling him out publicly and telling them to cut the crap. They know Jovan empowers the people, and corrupt politicians do not want the people knowing the truth. Now, let's get back to it.
1: Okay, folks, we're back with Cut the Crap. You know, one of the things your politicians really hope you don't pay attention to is when we go through these various machinations and everything else, and there's battles in our Congress, in our House, what you know, the House, Senate, whatever the case may be, they kind of hope you don't pay attention, and they hope you don't pay attention that they're all doing deals behind closed doors. I cannot even fathom why we accept that the politicians can go behind closed doors... Negotiate on their behalf, supposedly for our behalf, and we can't even have the details of the negotiation. Now, that one kind of upsets me. That one really kind of upsets me. I just don't get it. It's, it's the way it's always been. But I don't like these backroom deals. I'm telling you, when you got to go to the back room and negotiate, I think you're already deceiving America. But let's talk about winners and losers. First, let's deal with some of the losers. See if you agree with me. I think two losers in this speaker war that just happens, okay, is Brian Mead and Sean Hannity. I watched all your comments and everything else. And I think that Brian Kilmeade and and Sean Hannity lost when it comes to America because both of them, both of them revealed something we know not to be true. They, you know, they, uh, using that word insurrectionist or conspiracy theorist, as they applied to Representatives holding out the vote, you're right, was absolutely infuriating. It upset me greatly because at the end of the day, they are nothing more than a television commentator, period. Right? That's the bottom line. Calling them terrorists. Now, you think about that television commentators, just like uh, the left, calling people holding out terrorists, threatening. He even had it on the right, threatening people. If you don't vote, this is it. Get it? No. God bless, right or wrong, the people who held out. God bless the people who held out. Because that is a representation of representatives that are saying, I'm not going along with this crap. This is not what my voters... Key word. This is not what my voters want me to do. And the operatives vilified them. Absolutely vilified them. Some of you are saying... Uh, Hannity lost to you. Ingraham lost to you. Ingram. Laura Ingram lost to you. This was a gift. That's why this loss was also a gift. It was absolutely a gift. Now the way the vote came down, you have to understand what enabled this is the way he did it by getting only two hundred sixteen votes versus two hundred eighteen votes. Is Lauren Bobert uh, Bobert. Uh, Republican out of Colorado, Andy Biggs, Republican out of Arizona, Eli Crane, Republican out of Arizona, Matt Getch, Republican out of Florida, Matt Rosedale, Republican out of Montana, Bob Good, Republican out of Virginia. By them voting present, by them voting present, I mean, I'm here, I'm just not going to vote. It lowered the threshold, and that was the threshold that allowed... The speaker to be elected, they were basically agreeing to it. Okay, we're agreeing to it, but we're not voting for you. Do you follow what that is? They agreed, they acquiesced, but we are not voting for you. And that's why the present vote held it. And that's why uh, McCarthy could go in, right? And it'd only be 216 votes. This process, to me, exposed more of the swamp. I'm not sure if anybody in national news is really for the people. Can you name anybody in national news now that is for the people? I'm even hearing that Tucker took a hit. Don't know, didn't see it, can't comment on that one. And I too have not watched Fox News since november 11th 2020 and don't care to but are there really anybody in mainstream news traditional networks that actually care about the people we'll call it like it is or they want favors oh i want this guy to really like me and come on my show and and whatever that really really do it i don't think so and that's been a, uh, a learning curve for all of us. With, with You saw people cave under fear. Let me give you an example. I believe Hannity and Kilmeade were caving under fear that a Democrat would go in because Democrats... We're also going to vote for McCarthy to put him over. So I think maybe fear gave them in. So I don't know, but we, but we learned, but we learned, this was a crisis worth having. I truly believe it was a crisis worth having. What drove a lot of this was the House Freedom Caucus. The main thing was the Rules Panel. Uh, panel, okay. They basically uh, were able to get, and this is what. Uh, McCarthy agreed to. Now, we'll have to see if it gets stuck to. I don't know. But it literally changed the terms of debate. It's usually a tool of the speaker, right? Uh, has a 9-to-4 ratio, so the ma- uh, majority never loses. Uh, it's kind of, I, I assume, so the speaker can't trump over everything. Literally what happens is Right now, the most important thing that Kevin McCarthy agreed to, and it's a big deal, but I want to see it get it papered. I want to see it be done. There's people saying it's not going to happen. But if one person, one person believes that Kevin McCarthy is not doing his job, they can file a motion to vacate the chair. That is a big deal. That's probably the biggest deal forever because you have to remember, Nasty Nancy took that away. So it, it, and the Democrats used it to absorb and to have all the power. One of the things that I believe was done for the people was the fact, that if they want to stand up against McCarthy, boom, it's in. It doesn't take any super vote. One vote, say, here it is. We're calling you into questions. We have to look at it. Our media stayed away from the crap they should stay away from. And by the way, it's protectionism. protectionism, Protectionism. Sorry. Fumbling that one. And I agree with Brian in the news, Tucker specifically. Should have asked and called McCarthy out about the FTX. He took point. million of this cryptocurrency crap. And somehow the World Economic Forum, which is not on our side, had proclaimed McCarthy as speaker on their site, that he was the new speaker days before, days before the vote was even done. People are calling that into question, right? But where else did the 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 we the people help or or get benefit in this? Um, the conservative uh, held out, got a pledge um, to get a floor vote on term limits and border security. Now I want to put that in clear perspective for you. It's an agreement to put it to a vote. It's not an agreement to work on it. It's an agreement. To put it towards a vote on border security and term limits. Frankly, I think it's hollow. Why is it hollow? (laughs) It's hollow because it's just a vote. It only takes a couple of rhinos, and we know there are many, to throw it away. So I think it's useless. It's vapor. It's dog and pony show. I don't think they'll really do anything. I don't know. I don't know. I know they uh, are right now pushing for another $4 billion for Ukraine. Again. If you look at the people that were praising accolades on McCarthy or telling people to wake up, did you notice how many Democrats came out of the woodwork? Did you notice how Zelensky in Ukraine, the recipient of $100 billion of American cash was saying, folks, get your stuff together and vote for McCarthy. That should be pretty telling. People don't tend to vote for their enemies. They tend to vote for their buddies, don't you think? <laughs> that was a telling one. Um, supposedly, this there's a thing called a, a club for growth. McCarthy runs what's called the conservative leadership fund that's uh mccarthy's pack there's another pack called the club for growth uh that deals with elections as well the club for growth um agreed or the conservative leadership fund agreed to stay out of open primaries when a lawmaker makes a seat in other words you don't use the big money because you're the house speaker to try to get your people in right and so they got him to stand down on that. At least it, it may give a, some conservatives a chance to prevail. It may give true American firsters, firsters a chance to prevail. Um, he opened it for debates, what's called open rule debates on funding. You got to debate it. You just can't push it through. That's a good thing. Uh, He said he would agree to try to cut out, or he made some concessions of what's called discretionary spending, but remember, it's negotiated by both chambers, so it's not necessarily it's going to produce any type of real result, but at least it's going to be discussed. We're talking about the speaker war. What did we learn? What did we lose in this historic? Yes, it was history, folks. I've always told you we're watching history. Show this program, folks. I'm coming back in my final segments, wrap this up, final comments of how can we make the best and get the best and hold these rat bastards' feet to the fire? I'll be right back right after this. We're talking about this speaker war that just wrapped up. We're talking about what we win, what we lose. I want to point out a few things that are going to happen, folks. Between now and the election of 2024. Not far off, folks. You're going to probably see a collusion of Fox and other backstabbing networks that try to play their conservative but aren't really. You're going to kind of see a collusion. They're going to try to hold up the old grand old party, GOP. I consider them all greedy old prostitutes now. But they're going to try to hold up the grand old party that the grand old party has done under... McCarthy's leadership has done phenomenal things. You're going to see that collusion. Next, there were 20 holdouts, 20 holdouts that stopped voting, that stopped voting or refused to vote for a very long time. That 20 lost 14, lost 14 that basically went over to McCarthy. I want you to kind of understand something. Because in that 20, you have a very interesting optic now you didn't have before. As the first 20 came out the shoot, you found 20 that were really willing to fight with things you agreed with predominantly. And I think what you agreed with predominantly is we don't want the same old, good old boy, rat bastard system, right? Then you saw 14 defectors. In those 14 defectors, half of them, they accepted gigs for their vote. I want you to be very clear on that. They accepted gigs for their vote. That means they were either got on some little committee or got a committee that was done for them. um, They, whether we like it or not, but the reality is they sold out for something. They traded something for their vote. And I want you to be very aware of that. I want you to be aware of the America firsters that you put in who didn't bother to fight. And I want you to be aware of the six holdouts, the six holdouts that said, not no. Hell no, we're not gonna do this. We're just not going to do this, okay? Those people deserve credit for holding out. And you're right, they really shouldn't be trading our voices for votes, Lisa. You're right, it's a broken system. Now if I go back and remember, it may be two, but it may be three. I think I think it's three. Six people truly held out by voting president, which present, which means they agreed, but they I'm not gonna give my vote to you. Do you did you notice where three of them were from? Did you pay attention where the th- three of the six holdouts were from? I think it's three. Arizona. That's very telling. And the reason I tell you that, as it since chills up my spine, just even mentioning that. The staunch holdouts the entire time were from Arizona, and it's because this war is on. This war was on is on their doorstep being fought right now, and they know the evil cabal. The evil Cobalt. Bobert's from Colorado. One was from Montana. One was from Florida. And it was either two or three from Arizona. But the, 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 the majority was from Arizona. They know in Arizona, if they don't get this right, and we don't get the right people in as speaker and leaders. They're not going to get to the bottom of what happened in Arizona. Right. And that's where the front is. Now, that's a key tell those lawmakers voting for that. No, absolutely no. All is lost if we don't get it fixed. And Arizona is under invasion. And as goes Arizona, goes the whole union, our wonderful republic. That is what you must pay attention to. And that is why, if I look through the filter of Arizonans accepting their responsibility, meaning your elected officials, and they know their state is being taken over, I have incredible respect for those guys. I tend to think they know something that people aren't talking about. That's why they're holding out. And that one prospect terrifies me a little bit. I think that's the tell in all of this. However, the big winners, if I look in all of this, You know, all of those seated in that chamber, the 218 votes that were needed, it was decided by 216, the winners was in the millions. And that's because for the first time in history, Americans watched and paid attention, saw the shenanigans, saw the horse trading, saw the backroom deals. You now know what people stand for. You now don't get upset when politics has to be dealt with because you understand it's our life that they're dealing with and it's our country. We have to save folks. And that is why that is why we're the winners and what happened because so many more million of you are standing up and telling all of these rat bastards to cut the crap.
0: And we're just not going to take it anymore. Make sure you're following Joe Von Hunt and Pulitzer on all social media. See you next week. And between now and then, take a stand and tell them all to cut, cut the, the crap. crap.
1: I know, folks, you're stressing over our mail order maladministration government. We have selected, not elected.